Welcome everyone to a Delco Nerd Network Rewind Review, where we sit down and discuss some of our favorite films and franchises of the past. On this episode, we are doing a very special one-off for David Lynch's Dune. Uh, joining me as always is Mr. Anthony the Gooch. Raguchi Gooch, how are we today? I got the recording equipment hooked up with the the weird... Um, the weirding module? The weird. <laughs> I can even say it, right? The weirding module, so I'm ready to get ready weird to with David Lynch's Dune. I love it, Gooch. I'm excited to get weird as well, <laughs> as we always do on this podcast. But uh, Dune was initially released in December 14th of 1984 to a rating of PG-13 with a runtime of 137 minutes, a production budget of $45 million, which we'll talk about what that is in uh you know, today's money a little later in fun facts okay. and a worldwide box office of 27.5 million opening weekend, 6 million. So this film <laughs> lost money. Holy shit. Did not do well. Uh, the screenplay was of course written by David Lynch himself was directed by David Lynch. And the original novel was of course written by Mr. Frank Herbert. Did you have a question? I don't know. No, I was going to comment. It's fun. So, you know, came out in 1984. Yeah. Honestly, you know, Empire is out? Yes. No, no not- uh, Empire isn't out. Mm. Maybe it is actually. Maybe 87. No, no, no way. When was Empire? That was 80. Okay, yeah, wow. Okay, okay. so, so is, when yeah. was Return of the Jedi? Uh, I want to say that was 87? after this, but. I'm just getting the context. 83. So this is after okay. all of so, Star Wars. So the original trilogy of Star Wars has come out and is cemented as one of those pop culture things. And now you have another huge sci-fi. Um, yeah, I don't even think you could call it that. A sci-fi a space I, opera. I, IP yeah. that comes out and clearly is nowhere near or close to Star Wars in terms of quality, like in terms of everything. I think like Dune as an IP kind of like going against Star Wars. Like people probably might have seen it be like, hey, like, is this the next Star Wars? You know, well, it's funny because this is like Dune inspired all that stuff. Right. From the, right. With the books. But, but it, it clearly is not. It's, it's a, a post Star reasons. Wars world. And, yeah. and there's just so much more in the book where I, I just don't think it's as simple to tell that story. Right. And we're, ad- we, and we're adapting screenplay right, yeah, so here. There's, it's, you know, it's a bit, it's a bit different, but it's something to keep in mind that like, Hey, like, okay, like there's our base, like star Wars is out. So sure. what does that mean? Right. In a post yeah. star Wars world. But, uh, for the description here, a Duke's son leads desert warriors against a galactic emperor and his father's evil nemesis to free the desert, their desert world from the emperor's rule. Perfect. Yeah, that works. That's pretty good. Yep, that's good. Um, but yeah, Goose, let's get into it. David Lynch is doing this is uh, geez, 40 year old film actually, or mm-hmm. in 2024, which is wild. Uh, yeah, man, they're taking a lot of big swings in this. It's a lot to cover when it comes to the book. They're trying to do for some context. This is the entirety of the first book, whereas the new Dune, the first one was just the first half. And there's a lot to cover. But let's start out with just the look of the world. What did you think of just the overall aesthetic of David Lynch's Dune? Well, that means we're starting on a bit of a negative note. No, it's, it's, all right. it, it's a bit all over the place. Yeah. Um, and I think one of my biggest critiques of it, and like we watched it last night together with a little watch party, uh, so that was fun. But was I was time. just like... What is up with the costume design of some of this? Like, why do the why does the Atreides family look like like Fidel Castro, Cuban revolutionaries out of the Cold War? I'm yeah. like, what is this look? Like it and but then we have the still suits and they look cool. Like you know they're futuristic. The Harkonnens look futuristic. They look unreal. So I'm like buying that. Um, that this is like you know sci-fi. Sure. The hairstyles, I mean, the, the female hairstyles are '80s, obviously, but um, like Jessica's hair was like okay, like that looks unreal, very like like regal, done up, regal. Yeah. But I'm just like, why are certain people just look like they're out of like 1984? Yeah, it's weird because like one of the things I like about the Dune universe, it's a very anachronistic. Like this is 20,000 years in the future, but like. You know, in the new one, they're still bullfighting. For some reason, they have, like, pool tables. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. But, like, in this, it's like the guys are wearing a lot of, like, almost 16th century, like, captain's uniforms. Then you're right. Then they switch to 1980s Cuban Cold War, like, (laughs) fatigues. And then the women look like they are dressed as, like, medieval, like, you know, princesses almost. Like, they have these super regal gowns with, like, big skirts and things like that and, like, corsets and all that. It's... It's very weird and out there. I, I don't like hate it a lot, but it's it's like super gaudy and all, especially when it comes to 
the emperor's place like it's just a big gold palace too which i thought was was interesting Even i, I ship, think the interiors are fine sure um i mean the ships are another thing sure um and maybe, maybe that's like a different that's almost a different conversation absolutely but because the, the ships just like you we were saying last night like the the ornithopter um terrible yeah like they just couldn't do it no um and this movie feels like a lot to me like the original tron this movie was made way too way before it's time, time. to real shine really shine yeah. right they really relied on on tech both cgi and maybe practical that just didn't exist or couldn't have been done back then um where tron the original tron suffers from the same thing it's like this is cool this is interesting for a timepiece of the day but like it doesn't ultimately like succeed at what it's trying to do just and and that there really is no fault of its own no it's, i just think you're right they've taken on so much and david lynch is trying to squeeze everything from this first book into this you can feel it very hardcore but you know it's it's funny because this is the first time it's really being adapted to screen you're only described these things in the book i like the idea of trying to take that swing for like what you think this world would look like and how you think people would dress and you know what's the military attire and stuff but I think for the most part, it unfortunately doesn't work when it comes to costume design, but there are some like standouts, like you said, like the still suit and just, yeah, we'll, we'll get into the ship stuff. Like it is just some weird kind of boxy designs, which, you know, I actually don't hate because a lot of the new ships are like boxy and weird looking in the new one, but it's because they really don't have to like travel through space like they do uh even in this this new the the older one i i was meaning to ask you last night and i kind of held off just to ask here what it, besides the shields what is cgi and what isn't in this yeah so there's no cgi this is all technically uh before computer graphics they actually like for the shields you know you cut out plates and you have to do a single plate for each one they did a great actually explanation on a corridor crew expert when they go through dune and they talk about how they did it it's all in camera effects so there's no digital effects in this whatsoever but uh i mean there's a lot of you know things that feel digital which yeah is the wild. shield yeah yeah being not not the shield that goes around the the palace but mm -hmm. the shield that goes around uh what's it called again the personal it's just the personal shield yeah yeah like that thing was like what is this it's wild and like that's i'm like thing. this looks horrible but like, like, like i feel like for the day it's i think a very interesting and cool attempt it is just weird because it's these two block men fighting each other right or uh, like throwing each other at it yeah. like i'm like what is this yeah. it is weird and again with the fighting and stuff they changed a lot from the book in this in the way of like Things that I guess David Lynch felt silly, felt was silly. Like everyone in this movie has like guns. Like no one's using, no one's supposed to be using guns in the Dune universe. They're like useless at this point because everyone has personal shields. Like that's kind of the whole point. Uh, and then when it comes to even like the weirding module and things like that, how we were talking, like that doesn't exist in the books at all. And we'll get into apparently why. Yeah, and I mean the weirding like modules that. look stupid. You know, and that and scene then, where and he's they, fighting ah, a robot. Ah, you know, like they scream. Like uh, so, is the we so what is the voice power called? It's just the I I can't remember. It's just I think literally called like the voice. Uh, so the weird is the weirding module made to mimic that? I guess that's what they're kind of trying to like imply. But so, again, it doesn't exist but, within the books at all. The right, weirding, yeah. But you're saying the weirding in the books is a fight style, correct? Which is mostly employed by like uh, I guess the Atreides and the Benny Gesserit, but it's a martial arts style. It's not like a. Why is it called weirding? It's just the weird. That's what I think the Freemen call it. I think that's just because they're. That's just the name they came up with. Because it's weird. Reason. It's weird. Yeah. So it's basically a form of martial arts. I did the this, word. They literally made it into like a gun in this, like a sonic gun. Which right. Again, no one's using guns in this. Right. And it, and like the uh, the action, which is almost non-existent, because I don't even think the action is really action. It's just like, what what's a step below like standing there and action like. <laughs> Sure, like things you know, are kind of happening like, behind you. Or like something. things are happening, but it's it's not too exciting. crazy, exciting. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think that leads into like the worms in, in in Dune, like how unimpressive and unawesome they are. Where in you know um, Denis Villeneuve's Dune, it's like holy shit, like the size and scale and ferocity of these creatures is felt in full effect. Like when it eats the crawler in in Villeneuve's Dune. Um, uh, Vanu's Dune, uh, Vanu, Vanu. Yeah. Denis Villeneuve, it's tough. Yeah. yeah, um, I can say it, Denis, 
Denny Denny Villeneuve. I can say it together, but without his it's first tough. name, yeah. it, it throws me off. But yeah, like it, it, when the crawler gets eaten in Lynch's Dune, it's like, here we go. And it's funny because right. like he ate it. See ya. Yeah, yeah. Like like it's so like just unepic and uninteresting. I think it's tough to view from our lens because we're so used to modern filmmaking techniques and how like wild things can get. And I mean, we watched the trailer for the, the the next one after this and like that scene of them emerging from like the smoke and like they're just barreling towards the battlefield. Like you can't, you can't do that in 1984 and it, and it sucks. I, I think it's a pretty good attempt. And I think that scene you're talking about is a great comparison because it's so almost one for one to each movie. You just definitely feel the intensity more within uh, Denny's version of it, just because you yeah. know. I think a lot of technological reasons, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think it's a pretty good attempt for the time at what they're trying to accomplish. And I mean, it's all miniatures and all in-camera effects, like we said. So, again, they're they're going for the moon here, but it's definitely no twenty twenty one Sand Swallow. Yeah, uh, and I think that is one of the, the tough things here too, of just like. We start getting into so many things then after that story-wise. Like, so this is the entirety of the, the first book, uh, like we said. How did you feel afterwards? Did you feel satisfied at all? Or do you feel um, like- yeah, actually. I think it gave me a lot more context to what was going on. And I mean, also, we, you know, we had some some people there who were, besides you, who were explaining things, which I think helped. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I was kind of my one critique with Dune. I think even on the podcast, I was giving you the example. It's like some of the terminology from the 2021 Dune. It's just like they're kind of saying like Benny Jesuit with actually uh, without actually giving context to what that means or explaining it. So I'm just like, what? Like, what is that? Um, but in in Lynch's Dune, they do it a few times, and it's either like right at the beginning where we're getting the exposition of what Arrakis is, the PowerPoint, the yeah, the the lands rad, and like you know the houses and like what it all means. And I'm like, okay, cool, like nice base to go into. Um, but in 2021, they don't do any of that. And then there was another example where in Lynch's Dune, they're like, oh, like she said a word, and then what it means, like right after. And I'm like, good, because that. That's all I need to know. There's like what this word you just said meant. And it was like Messiah, whatever the word for Messiah, I think. Oh, listen, Al Gaib or whatever. Like, I, I think one of the one of the Benny Gesserit says it. And then she goes and she says the word and then like comma what it actually means. Yeah. And, and I'm like, good, great, because that's that's all I need. But like, and I mean, I guess for immersion purposes, maybe like it's unnecessary in, in the world. But within it with, just feels so unnatural to me. Like no one speaks like that. Like that's not you don't like say something like because the people you don't say a it, synonym and, and, and then explain the it for the people that in the world that you're talking to. I guess. Like, right. Right. My my difference on that is I think the new one gives you as much within the context of the scene to know as you need. Like, you know, Paul and, and Jessica in the, in the movie are father or mother and daughter or mother and son. You know, the Benny Gesserit <laughs> are showing Timothy up. Shalman, okay, they seem girl. to be this weird organization. They're all called Benny Gesserit. They're testing him. I think they do a great job of giving you the context within a scene of what is going on without needing to be like, and this is what the Galactic Empire is, and this is the Padisha Emperor, uh, blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And I, listen, I, I hear the critique, and I think you could probably do that a little bit better in certain ways, but again, they just do start showing you PowerPoints in this. And then they're like, this is the entire world of Dune. And again, because there is a lot going on. I don't know if it's I go tough that to far. Think. I don't think it's showing you PowerPoints. I mean, it literally... I'm, in the, be- I, I'm the beginning, like, sure, maybe. It gives you the whole Erlon, like voiceover and then it kind of gives you like the it lays out all the planets and stuff and again like i I get that they want to kind of establish the lore for people but i do think you just go too far in certain ways and i i think it does like make some people feel like dumb it's like i i get it okay yeah and i i think for new sci-fi it helps like again i used rebel moon as an example where they're going into it probably more than than lynch's dune is in the beginning but I guess it, you know, it helps establish a base, but I also have a base of I've seen 2021 Dune, but I've seen Dune Part 1, so I kind of get the jive and I'm putting the pieces together. So now when I do watch 2021 Dune again, it's going to feel much better. Sure. Because I like, I like get it now. No, definitely. And I think that is the, the plus of having people around you during the film that you can ask on the fly questions to, which for sure helps. But... Uh, again, I, I think that there is a, a careful balance that works very well in films where it's like, okay, you need to know what something is within the context of the film 
And sorry, I will always bring up Star Wars. Like, that starts out, you have no idea what's going on. Luke's on a farm. He starts talking about the Galactic Empire. They don't then give you right, a whole like, rundown you get, of... You, uh, the they, words Galactic Empire are English words that make sense. Sure. Jedi is probably confusing at first, yeah. but, like, it's the only word they're throwing around. And it's like... Oh, and then they, you know, like, when, when Ben Kenobi comes out, like, they kind of... He kind of explains yeah, he's like, he's what like, the Jedi are. Well, yeah. And then it makes sense. For sure. And that, like, even the Force, well, like, what is what does the word Force mean? It, it means, like, to, like you know, to push. We're using physical exertion sure. to... You know, and like like that's a base for for the meaning in Star Wars, but it, obviously it's more than that. Um, and like not, you know, it, it, I feel like it's hard to find sci-fi that really has this like all this terminology that really doesn't have any English word well, or English root translation. I think I think it's less about a sci-fi thing and more of just like how to how to establish a good story within a universe of whatever you're making. You know, I I really like it much better the way they do it within the new one. And I, you know, I, I do, I, I completely understand the gripes and it is kind of tough to follow. I do hope, like you're saying, we go through this and you're like, Oh, on the next one, you're like, this is this scene. And there are a few ripped directly from each, but yeah. You're going to say something. No. And it, well, yeah, I was going to say something. And like, sometimes like regurgitating the word, like what's the, what's the needle thing called? Oh, uh, the, yeah. The gum jabbar. Like yeah, that. Yeah. Again, like, and that's, like, that's, that's, that's like, a book scene. For sure, yeah. Yeah, well, not even the scene, but like the Gam Jabbar itself, like the word. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't regurgitate it to you because sure. I just forgot it. Yeah, because it's like a bunch of mumbo. Sure, you know, like, yeah. like it just doesn't. It's a bunch of mumbo. Gooch, it just doesn't mean. I don't want to hear this with you liking Death Stranding, okay? With all the mumbo. Yeah, but like, and stuff e- like and you. <laughs> and that again, Ky- that like, has the that has the chiral bit. network. It's an English word, Death but Stranding. Like, but so, like, but so just are, you don't. Sure, you, sure, sure. Sorry. This is more. It, it it necessarily doesn't have to be about it not making sense. It's the word of what it is that I don't know just from hearing the word. Sure, you but like you someone, see it in the in the she's, this is the Gamja Bar. It's a big needle. I'm gonna stick in your neck. Right. Yeah. I, in that's a scene in context. It works. Yeah. It, it's a it's an item. Sure, sure. But like trying to like recall that word off the cuff. Yeah, no, it's going to be tough. As somebody who's not a Dune book reader, not a Dune fan per se, and being like, what's it called? The, 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 oh, the Gam Jabbar. No, I mean, it's an, inc- it's an incredibly, it's a completely new sci-fi world that we're and unfamiliar it, I, with. I like it. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong, but it like understand that it is more difficult to like. Of course. Yeah. Like, even not- for me, again, I, I was saying like last night, I'm like, I, I'm not your typical movie goer. I'm like a high echelon of caliber. Yeah, of we're, human we're, being. we're better than all of you when um, it comes to movie going. And like, so like, I understand like lore and games, but like, even this, I'm like, this is like eluding me. Like, this is tough to sure kind of like to, to cement the words and the meanings behind everything. And I will easily. say, one of the best parts of the first Dune book is there is a, thesaur, a, a like a dictionary basically in the back a of it. A thesaurus, if you will. Uh, <laughs> a thesaurus. That, you know, you're like reading through and it's like, all right, yeah, that's when the Bootlerian Jihad happened. And you're like, what the fuck is the Bootlerian Jihad? Jihad, and then you go to the back of the book, and it's like, oh, this is yeah. Blah, you were blah, talking about like the new Catholic Bible, I'm yeah. like What the yeah, so fuck again, are we talking about? That's deep stuff that's within the book that you don't like. You wouldn't put that in a movie because that's you'd have to dedicate like a whole scene to them talking about the history. Like that's something you get to do in a book, which is is really great, and you can really establish that type of lore. Where I think you know, lore. real estate in a movie is more precious when it comes to world building and. Doing it right is tough. It's a hard fucking thing to do. And I think Lynch's Dune does it better than Valnese's Dune. I completely disagree. I feel like they're just scat. Like they just fucking. I'm not saying they, it. They I'm stuffed a spray shot or, or a scatter shot together and just shot it all over. I'm the not screen. saying it's like the best, but like especially in the beginning. Okay, yeah, I, mean, I think I think that this movie to get back to Lynch's Dune. Yeah. the beginning is the better of the movie. And then it's like seven years have passed in one scene, and I have no idea. And the only reason I know is because uh, Paul's daughter, or Paul's sister, is older. And I'm like, wait, time has passed here. Like, like what? It like, feels what happened? Like relatively slow paced until we get to Arrakis, and the uh, and then all of a sudden, like shit picks up, and then like. But but the, it's the, it picks up, but not, like in a slow manner. It's weird. You're like, oh wait, we're already here. What happened? Yeah, right. Like, but it like, goes from. But Paul, we still got 20 minutes left. You know. It, I feel like it goes from the end of like the story points of the first Dune that we've seen, the new one, to like the the parts that we haven't seen in like 45 minutes. And it's just like, all right, Paul's God, and they really kind of ignore a lot of the bigger questions within the book and with that they bring up even in the new movie, like with like 
why he's doing this and like the Benny Gesserit like kind of planting these prophecies among the freemen and like they all only believe this because they've been like socially engineered into believing that Paul is a savior and like it's completely all ignored like it's kind of just turned into this full-on hero story which that's not the point of dune yeah it's like, i mean I, I don't see it as a hero story i don't well, like, like i, I mean it they, is. they tried to paint it much more yeah exactly like black and white like paul's the good guy and he's doing this because he is the hero and like there's not really any dichotomy in that within this right movie. there's no questioning it no and even characters like um duncan um i forgot he even exists in this movie he's got like a line right he has yeah. two scenes yeah he's literal two scenes uh and you know like well like jason momoa plays him in in 2021 and other characters, I'm trying to think. Uh, Jessica, like you kept saying, like doesn't get a lot of scenes. She gets she nothing doesn't. in this. The what's his name? Um, the guy who played Javier Bardem plays. Oh, uh, Stilgar. Yeah. yeah, Stilgar, like just there. Um, and yeah, like they're moving through characters and things so quickly. Major moments. It, it kind of makes sense that Dunevel knew was like, hey, like okay, we're gonna take the Emperor out of the first one. We're gonna take. We're going to really Austin, focus in on the Atreides Austin, here. Austin, what's Austin his, Butler's, yeah, Austin Butler's character out, yeah. too, who Sting plays in in uh, Lynch's Dune, which is, like, comical. And he, even in that movie, doesn't have a lot. He's there he a few times. Lines, I think, he has a few lines. lines, and then he gets the fight at the end, which is where he shines, yeah. I guess, or when he gets sort his, of. his moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then nude scene. The new scene, right? That was going to be a new, but then they were like, get him a G-string of some kind. We need yeah, this weird we get, winged G-string. Yeah, get him this, like, uh, you know, like, yeah, like, futuristic thong. Yeah, and, you know, I I will give them that, like, the environments, especially Getty Prime, like, with the Harkonnens, like, felt very out there and just wild, which I appreciated. If It was nice to see some real sets. I mean, they built, like, 16 or 17 real sets for this movie, which is wild back in the day. Uh but yeah, so many characters just get the shaft and so many of the acting. And, you know, I don't know if it's just 1980s acting, but is rough from especially like Chani and stuff like her delivery. Sean uh, Young from Blade yeah, Runner. Sean yeah. Young. It's just like so weird. And she doesn't get a lot of time either. She has nothing. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, Sean, I'm like, Sean Young, Blade Runner? It's, Sean I Young? feel like Gurney, like Pat, Sir Pat Stu, uh, Paul Atreides and his dad get a lot of time to shine. And the Harkonnen, like the Baron a lot. Which, by the way, I don't know if I, like he's just such a weird hammy cackling I, villain. I, I was not a fan. I kind of like it because, like, yeah. So uh, Vladimir uh, Harkonnen, Harkonnen, Harkonnen. That's yeah. technically yeah. Okay. It doesn't really matter. Um, interesting. Like very interesting compared to um, uh, Skarsgård's uh, Baron in in like in twenty twenty one. Just like the differences, like you know him being like this ginormous like pus boy and like you know being being gross and bathing in the oil but yeah you're right like lynch really hams it up with him and like he's almost like you know mustache twirling villain exactly um yeah. but i kind of like liked it but like again i like, think it the, works for this movie it worked yeah it does yeah. work for some reason and yeah. I, I did find him interesting at some points and then like towards the end where he dies like i'm like that was very uninteresting like climactic he's yeah. just spinning out of the fucking thing <laughs> <laughs> so, can we talk about my favorite shot of the film though is What's what that? is the is the uh the space travel shot like when they so they're all kind of leaving uh caladan to venture to arrakis they all kind of pile into the big star liner and we see the guild nav yeah what we'll talk about the guild navigators but we see the guild navigators come out and they throw up light into some sort of mechanism that then just teleports them to arrakis and it's actually relatively wild and cool, and I was like, this is interesting. It's weird, but I like it. But then it just finishes off just showing, like, you know, planet side Arrakis and, and just the, the slow just fades, fades into it. <laughs> like, what the it's fuck was that? Like, not like, like a, like a, boom, you no, know, it's like, not even like it appears. Know, it's like a, like, it just, it, yeah, it just like faded in. It just sits on the shot in. for like at least five seconds and then it slowly fades the, in. The, the very boring, like, almost like Christmas uh, dessert roll, like looking ship just fades in. It's like, not good uh, okay i think We're that's here. something that works so much better in the new dune like yeah. it, it really does but uh what do you think of the guild navigators and seeing them for the first time we don't see them in the new dune yeah i'm curious if we will end up i them. am absolutely confident we will i, I think they're holding that back because they know that that's like a big thing 
We need to see those skilled navigators, those ball sacking. Uh, you know, like interesting. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of something out of like Fallout, like like sure. some FEV virus, like abomination, right, like right. a centaur or even the master from Fallout One. Um, so I, I was fine with it. I think like the lore behind it, it's like you know the spice intake of these. Humans has caused them to like de- mutate, basically mutate yeah. and like almost evolve, but de-evolve in in the same way. I th- I think it's cool. It, it's gross. It, like it looking at its mouth for like extended scenes like seventeen times was yeah. like a little much. Like it, like as a, as a vagina looking mouth thing I, snout. It's like, like a like, weird pig snout that folds in on, on itself. Terrible. But yeah, I I'm super curious to see what those look like in the new one. And I I do love all that lore behind it. There's a lot of stuff in the in this whole universe that's just interesting i think because it all stems from humanity like you'll meet new people in the universe but like humanity's been populating the stars for so long that they've lived in places for so long that they've turned and evolved into different types of human beings because they've had to adapt to where they're living yeah and we'll see that there's a there's a new group in the that will show up in messiah the benny talaxi they're the the face dancers I won't go much into them, but like that's a really kind of cool concept that they'll they'll start talking about. I I, I love this idea of like that that Herbert really leans into. It's like it all comes from the human mind, and that's I think the biggest kind of separation for this sci-fi. And right, it, there's no alien. No. Yeah, and no. I think that's cool um, to kind of hone in on on uh, like I guess a realistic concept. Sure. Even though it's sci-fi and you know fantasy per se, and and being you know, unreal with it. Like I keep saying, like yeah. being weird mm-hmm. um, is not necessarily like the vibe of Dune. Well, and it's even so though it is weird, it is, but it's like, it's so squarely set within our time, like our universe in the way of like, it's so far ahead, but it's really being like, no, this is where we're, this is the idea of where we could go in 20,000 20, years, you know, with all these expectations. But yeah, Gooch, anything else on, on Lynch's Dune? I feel like we kind of covered a lot. Um, the ending was just kind of anticlimactic. Again, we get there. The, the the emperor sits down in his VR chair and tries to defeat them. That doesn't work. The whole ending battle is just like, yeah. The, the what are we doing? The whole the last I think like forty five minutes to an hour kind of fall apart. Yeah, and I and I didn't dislike this movie. I didn't either. I um, like, I'm like, you know, I, I like at one point I was like, yeah, I, I kind of like this. This is like interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the acting is fine. Like, you know, um, I think Kyle MacLachlan does a pretty okay job. Sure. There is some like, you know, typical like 2022 video game protagonist uh, monologuing to themselves about things All the that inner like, monologues. doesn't necessarily need to be there. <laughs> like, I'm like, like, this is just awkward. Like, he just, he just monologue to himself like, like all the time. Um, yeah, I, I just think the issue is the, you know, the time of day the movie was made is, is really the problems with it. Um, and how the end is just super sped up. And, um, I don't really think that helps contextualize anything that you're watching. Um, but I, I think this was a cool little, I, I guess call it like, you know, one-off rewind review. I kind of, I like, I enjoyed watching the movie. It was, it was, I think it, it's going to help me with, uh, part two and, you know, the rewatch of part one. Uh, so from that perspective, I, I am grateful. Awesome. Um, cause at first I was like, yeah, I've heard a lot of things about Lynch's Lynch Dune, doing, yeah. like, especially like knowing that, like, you know, Sting is in it in that one shot and like Kyle McLaughlin, like I've seen like, you know, like screen grabs, but like nobody's ever called that Dune good mm-hmm. before. Um, definitely a cult classic, but yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And like you said, it didn't, it didn't really make anything worth a, shit no i mean they so. were trying to do two this was supposed to be a trilogy and they yeah it didn't really work. Yeah. they canned it yeah so they were going to do messiah and what's the third book um children of dune i believe which i yeah. think gets from what i understand gets really out there and like seems almost unfilmable to be honest <laughs> what so is, what, what do you mean in the way of like how it's like the story it follows and like the ideas it kind of broaches it's just like it, i think it would just be so all over the, it's not like a single kind of through line story i think they they start turning into like uh What's the word? Less about Paul, more about other things. Well, it's about his children and like the lineage and all that. But uh, no, what's the word? Like when there's separate stories, but within like the same I side stories. Yeah, yeah, kind of like anal- anthologies, almost about like this. It's uh, it's okay. bringing up. I don't know exactly for sure. I might be completely incorrect on that. That's the, I think what um, I understand. But yeah, uh, Toto he did the, the script. Toto did the music. Thank you for like, that. That's not really like a fun fact. It's literally stated in, no. the, in the opening credits. Um, strange. The music was 
strange. It was very strange. Uh, like, especially now that we have Hans Zimmer scoring that. Yeah. A lot like, of guitar and like solo riffing and stuff. Like, I'm just like, yeah, like, what? Like, this music doesn't match this at all. It's funny because I totally had forgotten. Like, we saw it when it came up on the, the, the credits at the beginning, but I had completely forgotten about it until we got in to the battle scenes because it was like, this, I, I was noticing it, but not for a good reason. You know what I mean? I was like, the music? Yeah. Yeah. I was it's like, barely, uh, it's barely, I totally noticeable. had forgot. Like, this, the, I was like, oh yeah, Toto did Mo- this. Movies back in, in those days, I'll, I'll say 80s back. I agree. Yeah. Don't use music very effectively. Well, it's um, tough. They, like they, score, I should say. Well, and I think they did um, try to connect it more, like you were saying, with like the Prince and Batman thing. Right. It's it, like there's all, like movies back then, they got big celebrity singers bands groups to do music for their movie and it's and like to you know get the music video to advertise like it really was like like that's not like a thing anymore yeah i think the last time i could think of that is tron legacy with daft punk no for that worked worked so well well. it it was a perfect um like like or even like like well, like I was thinking, like Phil Collins with like Tarzan, but that's that's another example. It's like that just why, works why I bring Phil? No, it's true. Collins to do all the music. Well, it's Phil Collins from Genesis. Everyone knows who who that is. So and and the music for Tarzan is like strangely. Then he good. gave us "You'll Be in My Heart" and "You Will Always Be in My Heart." Right? Phil like, why is yeah. all that music? It's amazing. It's good. It's, it's fantastic. Really good. I listen to it all the time. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of like another like there's for sure example more, like that. But I mean, Lincoln Park did it back for Transformers. That's I feel like a later. Example. Yeah, no, it's a great example because yeah, yeah, yeah. they didn't do the rest of the music. They just did. They just uh, did the song Divide. Yeah, yeah, for, New Divide. For, wow, I need to download that on my. That's a great. I forget. Was I the, did they make that song before? It was that. I think it was for the movie. Yeah, but yeah. that that is a good yeah. example because mm-hmm. I would say that's a modern day example of that happening. Yeah, and I guess you get like. You know, like Billie Eilish doing songs for Barbie. And then there's um, like, you know, they do but the like Bond they, songs, but that's already kind of set in yeah, stone. Yeah, it's a little yeah. different. Mm. Um, but like Barbie, you know, like like uh, Lizzo, like a lot Dua of Lipa. artists came yeah. in for that. I mean, again, not one, not, but again, Billie Eilish is doing the score for Barbie. Black Panther had Kendrick Lamar. I know that was kind right. of big for people. No, gr- another great example, because yeah. he did so a, it's fun. A, a whole album. I think it does kind for, of happen more naturally now. I right, think is it's not as it's, it's not as like inserted. It's not and Prince like, and Batman. Which here's is so Toto funny. doing the music for Dune. And yeah. It's like what? <laughs> you Just know? doing crazy guitar riffs. But yeah, Gooch, I can only kind of really echo what you're saying here. Like it's it's a fun wild ride. I think Lynch did take a swing at it, and for the time, I think they did what they could do. You know, and I would like to see kind of Lynch's kind of unfettered look at what this movie could have been back in the day. I'm curious he talks what he about, thinks of um, the new stuff. Yeah, I'd be curious. I'd be curious. To you hear. know, because he, again, like, you know, he's the only other, I don't know if Dune has been adapted, but like elsewhere in, in any sort of regard, like, I mean, we haven't had a Dune game. I know there's like the Spice Wars game, but, that's, yeah, but it's yeah, like, yeah. A, you know, like a mobile I would love to see a true game. like AAA like, a, well, like what game. does a Dune game look like? Like, I think, I think David Lynch is really the only one to like get his hands on this IP outside of the original um, so there was novels. a sci-fi show in 2002, and they did Dune and Children of Dune. And Pat, what's his name, was actually in it. Uh, Professor X, young Professor X. Um, um, yeah, you know um, who I'm talking about, uh, James McAvoy. Yeah, uh, and apparently it's 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 kind of okay for like a TV adaptation. How long to run? I think they did like it was like ten episodes for each like series. I okay. don't. I, I, I might That's be wrong. Twenty now. episodes is. Because they did Dune and then I think Dune Messiah. And then I think there's even... A, they might have actually done three seasons because I think I saw Children of Dune. Uh, but yeah, not a lot of attempts at this because, dude, it is a, it's a dense book. There's yeah. a lot going on and a yeah. lot of themes to cover and a lot of lore. I, I will admit, though, that the cast is pretty stacked. Oh, for sure. Especially for the time. Like, Max Von Sydow was yeah. really cool to see. Patrick Stewart, Kyle MacLachlan. I know those, you said it was his first film. Yeah. Sean Young. Um that one little old woman who appears in a lot of stuff yeah. is in it. Um, I did like at the end showing all the characters and like it was something like it's corny, it's so 80s. but I like kind of liked it. Like, it was the weird, just the fades in and out of each people and they're all yeah, just, in alphabetical all order. Staring. Yeah, yeah, like, like that is like, so funny. Like, is that of any consequence? Yeah, I, but hey, to finish us off on the review portion here, I'd say watch this if you're bored one day. And yeah, you have I, any I, I think if you're gonna go watch part two and you've seen part one, watch it because I, I think it will help you give context. to to the to dune and it will slightly spoil things for you to be honest but at the same time denny is approaching this from such a different like avenue yeah, that like, i think seeing it in a different way would be very interesting and and right. and, and it, it is very different and i kept saying like oh like who's lee Sado's character and you're like oh she's, she's not in this yeah or she's right. not in the first one i should say 
But wait, did you didn't you say she was a new character? I think she uh, yeah within the new one. I don't know if she's in the the books at all. I don't know what her right. Character that's is what I'm saying. But it's like okay, cool. Like how is he gonna like you know he's inserting a new character and um and we were talking about yesterday. Some people are gender and race swapped. Yeah. Um, you know, like the the mentats we were talking about. Yeah, well, um, and like being and, like you know, like totally different looking and like in in, in um yeah. So all those bushy he, eyebrows and stuff were design choice by him. The only thing that really that like is like in, in the, the book mouth. is the is the staining of the lips and stuff. Yeah, yeah. and it, but even like that and the and the Harkonnens, uh, Harkonnens, yeah, whatever we're gonna, away, Harkonnens, yeah. Harkonnens, whatever we're gonna call them. Uh, you know, between the two are vastly different, but they do share kind of like similarities. Like the white skin is interesting well and, again and you know. i feel like he just took a different approach to disgusting like they're like clean disgusting in the new one they're all hairless and like taking weird baths all the time and experimenting on people whereas in like the old one they're grimy disgusting right like they're like yeah like, just all oh, like dude, boils like, everywhere yeah, and, and the heart like, plugs and weird yeah shit. you see people like kind of maimed and, yeah, and disfigured uh, and yeah yeah i'm like this is pretty gross yeah, yeah like the, when, when he when like the batista character in Lynch, whatever his name is, and he's eating like that cow tongue. That's a real like, cow tongue. Fun fact: he ate a cow tongue for that scene. Oh, that's a real awful, awful. Well, speaking of fun facts, anyways, yeah, let's move on to the fun facts of this. Anyway, but final, just go really uh, go fun. watch this. Not, I think not, not, not really very fun. F- not very not fun. a fun fact to start us. But go go fun. watch David Lynch's Dune. I think it's an insane time capsule of what people were trying to do with sci-fi back then after Star Wars. So it's really interesting. All right, here we go. David Lynch has talked about in recent interviews that he considers uh, this film to be a disappointment. He regrets not getting, uh, you know, the final cut over the film and felt like he, quote unquote, sold out and found it to be a terrible experience overall. And he, in the interview, he was just talking like it is different for Lynch. And I, I even know that, you know, I don't, I'm not a Lynch fan by any means, but I know what kind of things he does. Twin Peaks being like one of the biggest ones. Sure. And it's just like, yeah, this seems like a pretty like kind of like even like James Wan with like Aquaman yeah like, a bit different I don't think that's really why he was having issues with it it was just more that he didn't have final say sure. like he he didn't have the actual kind of final go ahead on everything and didn't feel like he truly got to make what he wanted to make so studio interference was even happening back then Gooch uh <laughs> the first and rough- it was Warner Brothers right no that was Universal oh uh, okay cool yeah so the first rough cut without any effects on this for this film was at four hours, so a little bit over. Oh my god! Uh, the, pro- the producers at Universal and uh, or the producers and Universal uh, of the day wanted a standard length, though, quote unquote, and around two and a half hours. So that's how we got down to the two hours and fourteen minutes. And I was just looking online; they apparently cut so many scenes. Patrick Stewart was saying how like at least everyone got at least two scenes cut per person, uh, and you feel it. I mean, there are yeah, parts where it's just jump. End. Yeah, especially yeah. with the last, the, the ending parts. It's just tough. Uh, so the total number of production crew for this film came to 1,700 people. The movie required 80 sets, 80 sets built on 16 sound, sound stages, more, more than six years in the making. It required writer-director Lynch, uh, David Lynch's work uh, for three and a half years. The $45 min- million budget would be equal to $122 million today. Still not bad. I mean, not in wild. No, yeah. yeah I, I mean, mean, but again, we're dealing with all practical. We're dealing with yeah. a practical budget, not a visual effects budget. Well, st- and but I mean, the idea is that would actually be. I mean, the idea is that should be cheaper when they use more CGI. But they start redoing scenes so much now that that just doesn't work out. So <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. Yeah. Uh, so here we'll get to the weirding module. Uh, it was written into the film to replace the Benny Gesserit martial art referred to by the free men as the weirding way. Writer and director, David Lynch, decided to use the modules, and he found the idea of the weirding way unworkable in film, stating that he did not want to see, quote, kung fu on the dunes, unquote. I don't want to see kung fu on the dunes. Uh, listen, guys, up. don't give me... I don't want to... We, we're going to do kung fu on dunes? What are we doing here? No, I, <laughs> I just think, like, this is such an 80s no. mindset of, like, kung fu movies. Those were only big still over in, like, Japan and China, like, where they were really doing, like you know, what John Wick kind of brought back over to here in modern days. They didn't know how to do Kung Fu. They didn't know know how to really do hand-hand fighting. Yeah, I, I think that would have added, like, another layer to the Again, production. it eliminates an entire, like, sector of lore within the movie. Like, it yeah. just, it's so, so now weird. you have to teach your actors how to, you know, choreograph all yeah, this. Yeah, this fight, and, yeah. 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 And again, because this really is, like, Game of Thrones in space. No one uses guns. We said this. No one uses these kind of, la- I mean, they have laser weapons, but you don't want to use those more really often because if you hit uh, a shield with a laser gun 
it produces an explosion equal to a nuclear bomb. So, and you see those happen a few times within uh, the new movie. But oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Fade Rutha was originally supposed like to part st- one. Yeah, it's like when they they'll sh- it's like and when uh, Duncan is like flying away from the battle, you see some lasers getting shot and like some big like explosions happening. Uh, okay, I don't think it leaves like you know fallout like a nuclear weapon. Obviously, it's just you know an insane explosion. Uh, so Fade Rutha, who Sting played, was originally meant to see, step out of the steam bath nude. Sting had agreed to film the scene, but the studio panicked and told costume designers they had to put something on him. The skimpy winged G-string he wore was made at the almost very last minute for the scene. <laughs> so fun stuff. A little bit of G-string. Uh, yeah, like what, what would that have done? You know, like having him well you could i know you're not showing a dick in on a movie back then well they apparently would have i guess but that's what i'm saying they got like yeah i'm surprised they even kind of thought at the beginning like maybe we'll do this but uh it's weird uh the suits worn by the spacer guild uh members were body bags that were found in a disused fire station back in the early 1920s the bags had actually been used several times and someone that was kept and it was something that was kept from the cast members until after completing the shoes so good stuff Interesting. Uh, yeah. Cool. Two hundred workers spent. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, two hundred workers spent two months hand cleaning three square miles of Mexican desert for on-location shooting. That sounds cleaning like a nightmare. It? Yeah, I guess like you know, getting debris out of the way, like making it look like an untouched world. You know, what right, I mean? right, right. Uh, so yeah, it kind of sounds like it was a terrible time uh, during the m- movie's original release. Cheat sheets explaining many of the movie's settings and its lore uh, were handed out to moviegoers at certain theaters. So people literally needed cheat sheets in this movie. Right, for the terms. Yeah. So they're bitching exactly what I'm bitching about. Well, no, they weren't bitched. That was just the, that was actually just the studio being like, they can't handle it. Make sure there's cheat sheets if people need them and stuff like that. That's so weird. Imagine like, you know, we worked at a movie theater, hanging out 3D glasses with your... your Don't see Batman Begins. Here's (laughs) Batman's lore. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Here's the dictionary, you know, their little like, the like laminated pamphlet. Yeah, that would have been cool. So I wonder how much that'd be worth. Yeah, if you probably had a that. lot, probably a lot. Yeah. This really wasn't a fun fact, but I think it kind of like speaks to what these books are about. But uh, when Frank Herbert was interviewed about the novel by NBC in 1982, he stated that the message of the novel is don't trust leaders to always be right, and that just doesn't come through. That doesn't make whatsoever any in sense. this in this book in this movie. Like I think in the book, like it's uh, I don't know, like it's that would imply it's that all something saying, bad happened. Well, because the original idea of the book is that Paul isn't really great. He's doing this because it's like it was thrust upon him, and it was you know socially engineered that way. He's he doesn't see himself. What as do you mean a hero. socially engineered? The Benny Gesserit have set up these lines. Uh, like they have basically oh. been orchestrating the bloodlines of the universe. They haven't explained this yet in the movies to create these very powerful individuals. To do what? To become this Kwisak Haderach, become the Messiah, to create and lead the known universe and become the next emperor. Because he'd be all-knowing, basically. They'd create this godlike figure. So is the current emperor not that? No. They've been, the, the, the Bene Gesserit have been trying to create this person through manipulating bloodlines. And that's the whole thing with Jessica. She wasn't supposed to have a, a boy. Uh, she was supposed to have another girl. And then that girl's daughter or son was supposed to be the Kwisak Haderach. Or, or whatever, the Messiah, if you will. Oh, right. Okay. I'm glad you brought that up. So does Paul have sisters? No, and he has a sister by the end of the movie, but not, no. So the idea that she was talking about, she was only supposed to bear, the Bene Gesserit can choose what gender they, they want to produce, or sex. So she was instructed by the mistresses to not have a daughter with Duke Luke Atre- Leto. She went against their will because she loved Leto. And he wanted a son. So she gave him a son. She wasn't supposed to do that because her daughter, the daughter she was supposed to have was supposed to then give birth to what Paul is, like the Messiah. But they want the Messiah to be to be under their control. Like Paul isn't under their hand. That's the problem. Right. Anything. Nothing? No, no. It makes you sense. Get, yeah, that, yeah, no, yeah, it okay. makes 100% sense. What's that term again? The quit? Kwisatch Haderach. That's the word that they used. The Ben Jesuit says yeah. to somebody and then says Muad'Dib. Messiah. So Muadib and Kwisatch Haderach is the same thing. So he is Paul Muadib, which is, I think, like his Freeman name. Sure. And then Atreides. Yeah. And then um, that's not hope. Uh, Kwisatch <laughs> Haderach is like his title. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So it's like Jesus Christ is 
you know, like Jesus is his name. Christ is kind of like the. I guess so. But then yeah. like he is also God, but God and Jesus Christ are also the same. It's right. Like, he's part of God. Right. But like, again, God, like, <laughs> but he is just like, so he has just, he's just this just <laughs> genetically engineered phenomenon. Really? Yeah. It's all, it's all bullshit made up. So, by the, so the, the way we were talking yesterday, it sounded like, like, um, Jessica had already given birth to girls and had a few girls, but was only supposed to have girls. No. So they were just saying you were only supposed to bear, bear girls. So Jessica is kind of like this, um, um, sort of like heretic Bene Gesserit in a way. She's following her heart more than the actual Bene Gesserit way. Yeah, she she's an out not an outlier, but like yeah, she she's more committed to she's radical than the sure. I guess so. Yeah, I guess that would be yeah. a way to put it. But speaking of the Kwisatz Haderach, uh, that that translate to from here Hebrew. Ugh, Jesus Christ, the expression Kwisatz Haderach said by Alina many times in this movie, uh, literally means in Hebrew quote jumping the path. This term is mentioned in the uh, in the Talmud and Jewish folklore legends, referring to miraculously traveling between two distant places in a brief time. So, I mean, when what the idea you, is what, he what is what did omnipotent. You say it, uh, it means uh, jumping the path. So literally. But so uh, when I when you said that, I was like, oh, so they're like jumping forward, like you know, like they're kind of like skipping, like the Bene Gesserit are doing this and like kind of like. St- not like skipping around, but like you know, like orchestrating. Like they're trying to. They're orche- they're going. Uh, they're they're like jumping ahead, being like unnatural. Like they're jumping ahead of the path to. That's. I know. Uh, I think. Well, and I, that's the that direct translation. That, no, right, I, yeah, I think so. Sense. But like, yeah. I think it's really like where it's in the refer, like where it's saying referring to miraculously traveling between d- between two distant places in a brief time. The whole point of the Quizach <sighs> Hadarak is he is omnipotent and can see the future right. and can be almost like everywhere at once. So he is like. He's on every path. He can miraculously train and change from one path to the other. And, you know, again, they bring that up much more in the new movies. They don't really even talk about his like omnipotence in the Lynch one and like his visions and his and, and, possible and, and futures. And his voice is just something he has because of that bloodline. Yeah, they don't. So in, in the new movie, Jessica has been training him in the Benny Gesserit ways. And I think that's how it's supposed to be. And that's the other thing they get mad at her for in the new ones. Cause it's like, you're not supposed to do that. Men can't usually survive these trials. That's why they were trying to. And but for some reason, when they can, when they create these men, they're more powerful uh, when they are able to survive like the Benny Gesserit trials. And that's why they're trying to create like the Kwisatz Haderach is basically a f- the most powerful. And he'd be a male Benny Gesserit who can see into the future, manipulate people with the voice, all that stuff. Make sense? Yeah. Awesome. And I think that wraps us up for today, Gooch. But to finish us off, of course, we will have to get our patented Luke Kenny rating system to end us off here. Patented by Luke, of course. We don't patent it. But um, <laughs> Gooch, what was your rating? Let's let's hear it. Mid tier film. Oh, sorry, mid tier f- movie. Mid tier movie. Okay. <laughs> yeah, mid tier movie. Easy. Yeah. Uh, I think it's. I think it has some quality to it and production, which kind of makes it a movie, but not quite high tier. Not quite a total piece of shit. So I think right in the middle of the road, mid-tier movie is where yeah, you go. I think I'm right around here. I think I might actually go a little higher. High-tier movie just in the way of okay. how how big of swings this movie takes, all the things it's trying to cover in one, what it manages to convey, and you know just the, the whole undertaking of building these sets and just trying to put this movie to the screen. I think you know they did as great of a job as you could do in 1984. But I don't know. Maybe it could have been even better back then. Uh, but Gooch, I think that does it for us today. I'm looking forward to our part one rewatch. I'm looking forward to watching part two on um, the last day of February. Yeah, it's June. Uh, no, well, the the last one or the new one comes out the the first of March. So yeah. Oh, so but I guess it'll be Thursday. But we're so we're going Saturday. Did I not tell you that? Because everyone can do Saturday more uh, better. No. Okay, I thought I mentioned it in the group chat. I thought, but yeah. So we're going. That's Saturday now. That's F thirty. Uh, okay, cool. So yeah. I did get what I wanted. In you the did. End. You're welcome. Yeah. Because uh, so me, when we were true we planning this, I'm like, I only like seeing Marvel movies on Thursdays. Uh, everything else I can see a weekend of, like Star Wars. Like I don't need to be in there Thursday night or like or anything else for that matter. Like I, but so I was like, yeah, like I'll see it during the weekend. Like if we can do that, okay. So we're seeing seven thirty IMAX Saturday IMAX. KOP. Yeah. Uh, Don't March, show up there. Mar- March 2nd. <laughs> You're not invited. Well, you can't. Yeah, I mean, you can't. Yeah, exactly. you, can't you can't come yeah, with us. Yeah, no. Um, 
It's good stuff. I'm excited. Yeah, it's yeah. Dune-tastic, Honestly, oh, yeah. I'm ready. Yeah, you're you're coordinating three Dune-centric events in like one month. We we had the 84 last night as yep. of recording this, so this will come out a little bit later. Actually, probably in like a month, literally. Yeah. So it's we're we watched January 27th. We're recording January 28th, and this will come out the week before on that Thursday. Monday. The oh no, wait, or Monday, th- whatever. I thought we just do Tuesdays and Thursdays for these. That's why. Well, I, since I wanted to give it a little buffer. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that was the idea. So this will come out Monday the 26th. So we are recording this a, a, like a literal month in advance just because we had time. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So yeah. if you're on live with us, you got a special sneak peek. Yeah, yeah. So this won't, this won't air for a while. Um, but yeah, and then the part one watch party and then your... You've been buying a lot of movie tickets lately. I I, I need to after Madam Web. I'm not fucking doing that, Madam Web. You, you you're all over that. <laughs> Your credit will, card will I, not I, touch I those will, tickets. Yeah, I will. I will step forward and and do some do some rounds of some movies. We've had a lot of. Now we're getting off topic a little bit, but it's fine. We haven't gone that long. Um, we're we're we've had a lot of smaller movies lately. Like like I think Dune is probably going to be the biggest movie we've seen in a while. Yeah, it's the yeah because yeah, we've had a pushed. ton of like like. C list comic yeah. book movies, you know, between like Blue Beetle, um, the Marvels. Like, I just feel like we haven't been like to uh, like, I think maybe like the last like pack theater we're probably at was like into the Spider Verse. Yeah. And I know we didn't see Barbie and Oppenheimer together, yeah. but um, for just like, I guess the movies we see together, it's wild. Yeah, it's weird. But looking forward to it. I am too. Let's, uh, let's get weird. Let's get weird indeed. Weird thanks, that for, thanks for getting weird with yeah, us absolutely. at twitch.tv slash Delco Nerd Network, where you can watch most of our podcasts live. Um, yeah, go follow us over there because um, that's where you'll get notified. You can find us everywhere podcasts are found. Um, YouTube.com slash Delco Nerd Network or Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you know, your podcasting app. Just search Delco Nerd Network and you should find us there. You can follow us on our Facebook.com uh, slash Delco Nerd Network as well as Delco Nerds at Twitter um, or at, at Delco Nerds on, I got totally mixed up there, on Twitter, TikTok, Threads, Instagram. Basically everything besides Facebook. Where the ads are at, yeah. at Delco Nerds. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can join us on Discord where we'll probably be most likely talking about Dune and other things that are going on in the nerd space. You can find all this information at DelcoNerdNetwork.com. Uh, you can email us also at DelcoNerds at gmail.com. Thoughts, questions, concerns, things for the good of the group. Send them there. We'd be happy to read what you have to say. For Trio, I've been Gooch. Thanks for watching, guys. Stay nerdy. And we'll see you next time.